Hello, New York Giants fans. Welcome back to Everything New York Giants with New York Giants fangirl. That's me, Adriana. And today we have a bit to talk about. The Giants coaching carousel has come to an end. They have hired their defensive coordinator as well as a new tight ends coach. And as of right now, it looks like the coaching staff is complete. So hopefully now we will start to get a feel for the players that they're going to re-sign before free agency kicks off next month. So in today's episode, I'm going to keep it on the shorter side. So first, we're going to talk about the Giants new defensive coordinator, we're going to touch on their new tight ends coach. And then I am going to give you my top three picks that I would like the Giants to pick at number six. So stick around for that. So let's talk about it. It has not been announced by the Giants just yet, but it looks like it has been confirmed by all the big sources out there the Adam Schefter, Ian Rappaport, all those type of guys that the Giants are hiring former Titans defensive coordinator Shane Bowen. Now, I know for a lot of us, it wasn't our first pick, it wasn't our second pick, it might not have been our third pick, but I said this last night on Instagram stories and I'll say it again. Whether or not you love or hate the pick, let's give it some time, okay? He hasn't done anything with the Giants yet. He's going to bring in his own players and let's see how things go before we decide to hate him and hate the scheme and whatever he's going to run with the Giants, okay? Let's wait till they get on the field. Let's see how the Giants play and see how the defense does. In my opinion, it's a little too soon to say that we hate him and he's a terrible pick. So obviously I wanted Denard Wilson. I know that I think a lot of you guys also felt the same way. We know that the Giants really liked him. It is what it is. Sometimes it doesn't work out. I think the narrative going around that everyone hates Dable and they don't want to work with him is exaggerated. I am sure that he's not perfect and that he has some things that he would like to work on in order to be a better coach himself. He said it. Um, but I just, I don't think that that's the reason why we didn't get Denard Wilson. Um, I think, you know, at the end of the day, when you're a coordinator, whether it's offense, defense, or special teams, you're not the head coach and you have to be prepared that the head coach calls the shots and you have to abide by them. We all know that's what happened with Wink. He thought that he could steamroll Dable and do whatever he wanted to do. And that's not how it works when you're not the head coach. So, um, so I think coordinators have to be prepared for that. And, you know, it is what it is. I am not going to jump on the Dable's the worst coach in the world and no one wants to work with him train again. Let's give it another year. They've got their defensive coordinator. Um, they have a lot of work to do. There's no denying that. And I'm sure that Dable is very aware that he is going to be on the hot seat this year if things don't go well for him and his team. So again, it's it's February. So let's take it day by day and see. So I do have some good stats and stuff on Shane Bowen that I would like to talk about that I think might be helpful. And, you know, after everything that's come out in the last 24 hours about this hiring, the more I read, the more I feel better about him being our defensive coordinator. Obviously, I have some concerns, just like I'm sure everyone had their concerns with Wink. You know, none of these coordinators are perfect, but he has learned under one of the best, which is Mike Vrabel. He also has experience learning from Jim Schwartz, who was a guy that was on the top of my list if he was going to leave the Browns. So um, he's got good experience and he's worked with some other really talented coaches. So I think it is absolutely going to help him. So 
His coaching experience goes like this. He was a student assistant at Georgia Tech in 2009. Then he was bumped up to the graduate assistant for 2010 to 11. He went to Ohio State in 2012, where he was a graduate assistant. Then Kennesaw State from 2013 to 2015, where he was a linebackers coach. Then he was with the Texans 2016 to 2017. He was the defensive assistant. And then he went with the Titans in 2018 to 2023. So he had been with them for the last five years. He started as an outside linebackers coach and then was eventually promoted to defensive coordinator. So he was the outside linebackers coach in 2018 when the Titans defense ranked eighth overall with 334 yards per game. They were third in points allowed at only 18.9, 10th on third down, 36.6%, and second in the red zone, 44.7 touchdown percentage. So... Um, that's just the beginning of his career with the Titans. I think overall he had done quite well there. Um, he also helped out two big-time rookies, second-round draft pick Harold Landry and undrafted free agent Sharif Finch. They both combined for six sacks in his first year as the outside linebackers coach. Now, one thing I want to mention when we talk about Landry is that a concern from Titans fans who obviously know as him as their defensive coordinator was that he dropped Landry into coverage too often. And I know you're all going to say I'm having deja vu right now because that's exactly what Wink did with Kayvon and we all complained about it. So my hope is that Bowen has learned from this and that coming into a new organization with new talent that he is not going to do that and he's going to use Kayvon for what he's best at, which is rushing the passer. And I really hope that that's something that he takes into consideration. I hope that some of the other position coaches are going to help him through that. And I hope that, you know, someone like Andre Patterson is really going to step up here and get involved and say, you know, these, this is Kayvon's strength. And when you talk about a coach who's coming in and going to base a defense off of the player's strength versus their system and making it work, which is what Wink did, um, I think Bowen is going to be better at doing that. And the reason that I think that is... His history proves that he's mostly run a 3-4 defense, and we all know that that's where Dexter and Bobby O, two of the best players on our defense, are going to thrive. I think it could also mean something good for Xavier McKinney. I think it could mean that he's going to be re-signed because he's going to be used quite often in this type of defensive scheme. So it's going to be interesting. We'll see how things play out this offseason with the players, but... I would say that's probably one of my bigger concerns going into this is that we know that his history with the Titans is that's what he did with Landry and we know that that's not what we want Kayvon to do. So that's the first thing that I'm going to be keeping my eyes on is that I am hoping to God that we are not seeing Kayvon dropped into coverage. So I also think that means that they plan to bring in another really good linebacker, whether it's through the draft or free agency. Um, Bobby O, you know, is going to need a little bit of help. I think Micah McFadden has developed well, but at the end of the day, he's not Bobby O and he struggles with missed tackles. And if anyone gets through a missed tackle through him, we are in trouble. So um, that's something that I would also like to see knowing that they're bringing in Bowen and this is the type of scheme that they will mostly run. Obviously, they're not going to do the same thing every game all the time. Um, I expect him, of course, to switch it up and stuff like that. Something else I want to point out is 
I talked about this on live yesterday, so if you were watching, you know. But I, the reason I don't like a 3-4 defense and the reason why, I, like, when I first heard it was Bowen and that was his shtick is I was just like, oh, my God. I, I think we all remember Betcher and Graham's defense and the frustrations <laughs> that we saw watching that play out. And at the end of the day, personnel is a large part of that. But I just, I just hated watching those defenses, and that's one of the reasons why I loves, I loved Wink's defense. And I know some people hated it, but the reason that I loved it is to me it was exciting that we had watching, been watching this absolutely horrific defense for so long between both of these different coaches, and now you finally get Wink in here who does something different. So I'm not saying I want to see them blitz all the time, but like I'd like to see them blitz a little bit of the time, and I'd like to see the the edge rushers actually get home and get to the quarterback. So we'll see. <laughs> we'll see how that goes. In 2019, the Titans defensive backs were, again, a top 10 unit in passing yards and interceptions. And he also took over defensive play calling duties in 2019. So he did that for two years. And then in 2021, he was promoted to defensive coordinator. So I think we all have to keep in mind, too, that that says a lot about him and his skill set and his success that he had with the Titans, the way that he worked his way up, taking on more responsibilities, getting promoted. And he worked with a head coach like Vrabel. And I know many of us, myself included, was dying to have Vrabel as our defensive coordinator when he didn't get a head coach role. But I think ultimately Bowen can, in theory, be something like the next best thing. He's worked with Vrabel again and guys like Jim Schwartz who are really talented defensive coordinators in this league. So um, again, I think that he's going to have that going for him. And, you know, hopefully he's going to take some of the things that he learned from Vrabel and bring it over here. So in 2021, the Titans finished the season with a record of 12 and 5. They won the AFC South. They won the AFC's overall number one seed going into the playoffs. The defense finished the season among the NFL's best in multiple categories, and some of these being the most important defensive categories. Number four in touchdowns per game, number four in opponents' red zone scoring, number six in third down conversion rate, and number six in points per game. So again, I I know that that there's frustration there, but I think when you break it down and you look at the numbers and you look at the statistics and see what he did during his time with the Titans, I think it's overall better than maybe some of us remember it. And I I think typically when you think about the Titans over the last 5 eight years, whatever it is, you don't think of them as being a top defense in the league. You know, we're all thinking about the Chiefs and the Eagles and the Cowboys types of defenses. You know, it's not always the Titans that come to mind. And that's what I was thinking when I first heard Titans. I'm like, oh, great, here we go. But the more that I read, I feel better about it. And I think when you hear statistics like this, it should, in theory, make everyone else feel better about it. So Again, he wasn't my top pick. I have concerns, but I think that overall his focus, which I think is going to be the most important, is fitting the scheme around the players, around the talent that we have, and around the talent that they plan to bring in. So I'm curious to see how this offseason plays out. Like I said, you know, having another really talented linebacker opposite Bobby O is going to be a necessity. Um, the defensive line probably needs a little bit of help. You know, do they re-sign Sean Robinson and or Nacho? Is DJ Davidson going to take a big step forward this year? Same thing with Jordan Riley. Like, we have some talent there. No one is Dexter Lawrence, but 
I think ultimately if any of those guys can just play at a little bit of a higher level, we might feel pretty good about that. And then, of course, they're going to have to bring in another edge rusher because we all know um, that Aziz is just not really dependable with those injuries. So let's see how things play out. I still think it's going to be an exciting offseason. And now let's dive into our new tight end ends coach who is actually the former titans offensive coordinator named tim kelly he also was the texans offensive coordinator so i actually am more excited i think about tim kelly as of right now that i am about bowen he's got a lot of really good experience and, and we'll go through it now but i i think that he's going to come in and really help revamp the tight end room um and when we talk about my top picks at number six this might give you a little hint. Um, okay, so in 2008 to 2009, he was a defensive graduate assistant at Illinois Wesleyan. In 2010, defensive coordinator, defensive line, Minnesota State, Moorhead. 2011, he was a graduate assistant at Ball State. 2012, 2013, grad assistant at Penn State. 2014 to 2015, offensive quality control with the Texans. 2016, offensive quality control and assistant offensive line coach at the Texans. 2017 to 2018, tight ends coach with the Texans. And then in 2019, he was promoted to the offensive coordinator with the Texans, where he was the OC from 2019 to 2021. In 2020, he also took on some quarterbacks coaching. In 2002, he moved over to the, 2022, excuse me, he moved over to the Titans, where he was the passing game coordinator. In 2003, he was the offensive coordinator um, for a year. Um, so him and Bowen know each other quite well. I'm sure that that has helped bring him into the Giants, and now he is the tight ends coach. So his first year with the Titans, he was the passing game coordinator, like I said, then pro promoted to OC. He has 10 years in the NFL, so he's got a lot of experience. Again, the bulk of it being with the Titans before moving, excuse me, the bulk of it being with the Texans before moving to the Titans. So in 2022, his duties included working with the tight ends, putting together first and second down passing game, and helped with offensive red zone plans. Something that I think we could all agree <laughs> needs an upgrade for the offense. Um, his tight ends ranked seventh in the NFL at their position with 952 receiving yards, including 450 yards by fourth round draft pick Chig Oak. Okonkwo, I'm very sorry if I butchered that, who established a new franchise record for rookie tight ends and led all NFL rookie tight ends in 2022. And in Houston, the Texans won the AFC South title on four different occasions, all while he was there working on either um, offensive quality control, tight ends, or offensive coordinators. So 2015, 2016, 2018, 2019. So uh, Tim Kelly has a lot of really good experience. Obviously, he's got experience with the tight ends. And when, personally, when I hear things like what he did with a fourth round rookie tight end and made him one of the best tight ends in the NFL, I think it says a lot about that. Uh, we have some talent at tight end. We know that Daniel Bellinger and Darren Waller. I expect that Darren Waller is going to be here next year. Um, I think they are going to do something with his contract, though. But I think we could all agree that we could use another tight end. Um, I don't think Lawrence Cager is going to be here next year. Um, so, you know, I think rounding out the tight end group as a whole, I think we have not seen the best of either Bellinger or Waller. I hope that, 
you know, with someone like Kelly on board, he can help Waller's blocking. It's something that he's not amazing at, so I would like to see that improve. And, you know, we would see Bellinger more in a receiving type of role if we didn't need the help blocking. So what I would like to see out of Bellinger this year, and it's less about him and more about the offensive line, if the offensive line can block and give the quarterback, whoever it is, a little bit of time that I would like to see Bellinger involved more in the passing game. And maybe this is something that Tim Kelly is going to help him improve upon. So I think that Bellinger was a good pick and I think that we have not seen the best of him. And I hope that this is, this is the beginning of that for him. Um, I love him. I think he was a great pick and I think he was a great addition to this team. So again, I'm excited about Kelly. I think he's going to be a good addition. Um, again, I don't know what that bears for the draft or free agency. Like I said, I think this whole offseason is going to be interesting. But speaking of the draft, let's talk about it. I have been asked many times about what I would do if I was Joe Shane at number six. So here are my top three picks. Number one, no question, is Jaden Daniels. And I know you're all going to write in the comments, Jaden Daniels is not going to be there at six. You're probably right. But if he's there, that's who I'm taking. And it's not even a question. And, you know, I've been asked a lot, well, do you think that Penix should go at six? Someone told me that Bonix is going in the first round, and I am not. He's certainly not getting picked at six. I'll tell you that. Um, Penix is a great quarterback. There's no question about that. But it would absolutely be a reach. It will be Daniel Jones 2.0 picking him at number six. And this front staff... Regardless of whatever complaints you have about them, they are not as dumb as Dave Gettleman. Trust me on that. They are a lot smarter than him and they will not make a stupid decision like reaching for a quarterback at six. If they're if they love Michael Penix or they love Bo Nix and they think he's gonna be out of the first round and that's who they think is most important, then they'll trade back for him and they'll trade out of six. They're absolutely not picking him there. Um, all right, so number one for me is Jaden Daniels, no question. I think he would just be perfect for this offense, especially with the offensive line being a question mark for the 50th year in a row. Um, I want a quarterback who's decisive, who can escape the pocket, who is fast as hell and can make plays with his legs, and I think that he's that guy. So I'm very excited about him. Again, we'll see if he's there. If he's not there, I am going wide receiver next, and I am going with Malik Neighbors. If he's there, I really hope it's him. If it's not, I like Romo Duns, Oduns. Um, I think either of those guys are really good options. Obviously, I prefer neighbors, but I think if he's not there, then I think Rome is a great option as well. There's not a question that we need another wide receiver. And what I would do in free agency is I would prioritize the offensive line, which is why I would not go tackle at six. And I know that there are so many fans who are obsessed with Joe Alt, and that's great. My concern with Joe Alt is he is a left tackle. He does not have collegiate left tackle experience. And I am not willing to take on Evan Neal 2.0. And I don't care what anyone says. You can say that Alt has more tackle coming out of has um, more talent coming out of college. He's better. He's well-rounded. Whatever, whatever. That is fine. Um, I don't care. I don't care. He is a left tackle, and he has not played right tackle since high school. So I I am under the opinion that if you want a right tackle, get one in free agency or draft a right tackle later on in the draft. There's no need for a left tackle to right tackle experiment again, okay? This is not a high school science class. We are done with the experiments, okay? So Joe Alt is not on my list at six. Um, my third pick at number six would be Brock Bowers. So tight ends. 
if you know you know um anyway he's i love georgia whatever they are doing at georgia is absolutely incredible the talent there and the way that those guys play and progress and improve is unbelievable and like i said our tight ends are good not great and with waller being injury prone you know i don't think he's going to be here past the 2024 season unless he's completely healthy next year and has the year that we all thought he was going to have so we need a young tight ends to play opposite Bellinger and Bowers in my opinion is a really good option he is a good pass catcher he can run routes he's big he can make contested catches and he's a good blocker so I would like to see him and Bellinger be used interchangeably um you know I think that the plan for the offense we know that Dable loves a two tight end set so what's better than bringing in a rookie tight end who's going to be in the rotation with Waller you know if Waller's not healthy then we know that we have a really good guy who can immediately step in for him and that's something that we have to consider with Waller's injury history at least for the 2024 season so He's the guy that's high on my list. I would pick him at six. If the Giants feel like they could get him at eight, nine, or ten and they want to trade back, I am all in favor of that as well. Um, I just think that that's a position that needs an upgrade. And I know there's a lot of positions that need upgrades. Don't get me wrong. But at six, that would be where I would go. So you guys let me know in the comments what you would do at number six. And then we're going to get into it because we have four picks in the top 70 and there's some good running backs out there there's good edge edge rushers out there of course offensive line so we're going to get into position groups soon but first we have to talk about the coaching carousel so thank you guys for listening please rate review subscribe share with your friends everything new york giants i'm adriana and i'll be back next week with you.